And welcome to another edition of Across the County. I'm Noah. Thank you for joining me. Well, I love it when I have, well, I don't love it, but I had a book interview that didn't necessarily flush out this week. I'll keep you updated on that. It's going to happen probably in the month of July and then next week, diving back into Carlin Maddox more on his story and Majestic Ministries International as well. A great 501c3 that we're going to find out more about. So two stories next week, and then we're actually going to dive into a movie casting nonprofit, which I'm tremendously excited about in just a couple of weeks' time. But what we are going to focus on today is my guest, Matt Mungle. You know him from the Mungle Show podcast, the entertainment answer radio commentary across the Salem Radio Network. If you want to link up with him on Instagram, it's Mungle Show, Twitter, The Mungle, and entertainment, oh, excuse me, the entertainmentanswer.com. We're going to be talking about so much today. A little bit later on, we're talking about all things Loki, the brand new Disney Plus Marvel Studios streaming show that is taking the uh, streaming platforms by storm. I've seen it myself. I absolutely love the first episode, but we have a couple of things to talk about first. Matt, welcome back to the show, my friend. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. So now movie theaters are opening again, and people are excited to get back to the theaters. There's a couple of different movies that are out now, but we're not going to focus on that. What I'd like to focus on for just a moment is... The safety things, the features that movie theaters are offering to get people back into the theater, to welcome them back, and what you see as possibly trying to grow their audience, because it's been quite a while since we've been out there together as families, as friends, being able to see things out in a social environment. You know, it has been, but it's, it's interesting because my, uh, my middle daughter and I went to the theater for the first time. Uh, after COVID left, we went to uh, to the theater and we both looked at each other like it's. We felt we expected it to feel different, like it didn't feel like it had been a year. It was like it just fell into this routine, and I think a lot of people are now that they're getting out and going to the theater are experiencing this. And uh, it really felt like we had never missed a beat, which was weird to me. It was very odd because I thought I would go in and just be like, "Oh, this is surreal. We're we're here again." But it just it just it just felt good. Um, but I think the theaters, um, they had some things in place, but I'm interested to get your opinion as a family and a family who loves to go to the movies. Are, are you still apprehensive about going? Cause I'm not seeing that I'm seeing families that are just gung ho and they're like, Hey, we're back in the theater. Give me the drink. Give me the popcorn. Give me the candy. I'm ready for the big screen. Is that kind of how you're feeling as well? That's how I'm feeling. And I think there's enough safety measures in place. You still have, I believe the, I mean, they were doing reserved seating already, but now you're having it where they're kind of skipping every few seats to kind of give people a little bit more. One, it's great personal space, but two, it makes it a little bit safer. They have the mask policies in place. And I know, at least here in San Diego, I'm interested to see if they employ any theaters, employ this technology. Some move, uh, not movie theaters, excuse me, museums have this antiviral, um, almost kind of like a system that filters out the environment inside their establishment. Establishments. If movie theaters could adapt that, that would make, I think, everybody across the board feel a lot safer about coming back. I don't know if any of that's already in place, but I've seen that at various establishments. I think that's the way to go. I do, too. And I think uh, people would be smart to do that. Businesses would be very wise to 
uh, put it all, you know, whether, whether it works or not, if it gives people a confidence level and a, and a little bit of relaxation to go in, I think that's smart to say that's what they're doing. And you're right. I mean, we've always done reserved seating, and now they put a seat between you and the other party. Um, I was actually at a press screening um, earlier this week, and, you know, it was kind of the same way. They had a spread out, but there were also ticket winners in there. And, and everybody just seemed to be excited to be back in the theater. There was this – I re- kind of remember going – last year and the years before and everybody was just kind of you know don't sit by me there was just you know this tension and you know where's my seat and you know there was just a little little bit of angst and it's gone now it's people i think are just excited to be together in some kind of uh, a like-minded outing and you know but theaters are being smart you know where where you're masking the lobby um do what you do there but i noticed the concessions are back to normal we got our normal concessions, and it was, you know, the same delivery way, the same of everything else. So I think we're almost back to what it was beforehand. I just think people in the back of their mind are always going to have to be a little bit smarter in their own personal decisions as well and not just rely on the businesses to do all the work. And I think it's something I, I've said. I've said this for a while now that I think maybe these are just certain precautions, common sense wise. We should have been paying a little bit more attention to anyway. So now that this pandemic has been five, you know, fourteen years plus, or fourteen years, excuse me, hasn't been that long. Fourteen months plus, uh, we're. Uh, kind of getting to a space where I think we're all a little bit more cautious, we're all a little bit more smarter, and to get back into things, it's going to be a lot easier to make sure that we're protecting ourselves along the way. Yeah, and you, it's funny you mentioned that. That's a really good point. It's like, it's funny that we had to be reminded to wash our hands. It's like, we learned that in kindergarten. Right. Wash your hands. You know, so it's like, oh, we got to get in the practice of washing your hands when you've been out and come inside, or, you know, if you've been, you know, in a, in a public place. Well, that should be common sense from day one. So you're right. It kind of made us remember, you know, there's, there's certain things we do health-wise that just makes us, makes us better, you know. And so and if it, it makes other people around us feel better as well, that's even, that's even a, a level up. Yeah, I'm not going to say we're all, you know, invulnerable. But what it will say is if you do a lot of the simple things, that will do a great deal at keeping you safe from not just COVID, but a variety of, of different things. Yeah, and, and you know, and, and I know a lot of people have joked about this on social media, but since um, the pandemic and the force of, hey, wash your hands, social distance, how many people have had a, just a common cold or, or you know, been a, taking a day off from work because, man, I just feel run down? We haven't. It. It's like we've put things into place for a huge pandemic, and it's also helped with some of the smaller ones as well, I think. I mean, I don't even know the last time I had even a head cold, which, you know, knock on wood. Yeah, when you're back out in the uh, open space, I'm not too big on the social distancing, but when you're at places like a movie theater and everybody's kind of crammed together, honestly, that extra seat or two in between families, Matt, I've really enjoyed that. I think that that's something that actually I hope, especially if theaters can financially afford that, I hope that stays in place. I do too. I do too. And the next thing they can do is airlines. I want that on airlines. (laughs) Oh man, talk about crammed like a sardine can for sure. (laughs) Yeah, but movie theaters, yeah. Again, if they could also employ this antiviral uh, filtration technology that I'm seeing pop up, not just here in San Diego, but a couple of other places as well, I think that would really benefit the industry. And so, if you're listening and you're not, I hey, take notice of that. That's something that I think is just the next wave of technology, especially the day and age that we live in. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think it's a smart move in the right direction. You know, pandemic aside, if COVID had never happened, some of the things that we have in place now are just smart for humans in general. I agree. Noah here and across the county, Matt Mungle, my guest from the Entertainment Answer. You can get that at theentertainmentanswer.com. Here at Across the Salem Radio Network, he likes to talk about movies, which is why we get along so well. The Mungle Show podcast, and you can find him on Instagram and Twitter as well. Matt, now let's get into something I have been chomping at the bit to get into, which is the Disney Plus new series from Marvel Studios, Loki with one of my favorite characters in the MCU of all time, probably only second to Iron Man with Robert Downey Jr. Tom Hiddleston just knocks episode one, like I knew he would, out of the park with the episode entitled Glorious Purpose. Before we get into the details, what were your thoughts overall for the first episode? Yeah, well, first I would like to say that I was, I think I was more excited for this to come out for you than I was for myself. <laughs> <laughs> I know that you have just been so pumped about this, and every time we get together and talk about anything, that always comes up. So I'm really excited that it's out. But I, I agree, there were some things, and we talked about this on the first episode of WandaVision. We talked about it first thing of uh, uh, Winter Soldier, was Falcon and Winter Soldier was, you know, it's like it's got to find its footing. And there were some interesting things about this one that I had to go back and just kind of rethink about, well, did I like that or I didn't like that? But overall, there were some really, really cool elements in that first episode that I don't even know if they intended to be cool, but really hit home for me. Well, I'll be interested to see if we picked up on a couple of the same things. First of all, the viewership of the series is way up compared to WandaVision, which I loved. You know I love that show. And The Falcon and The Winter Soldier. And all kinds of reasons online are being bantered about. And I think it's simpler than a lot of the critics are maybe giving it credit for. And the answer for me is Tom Hiddleston. This guy has been around the MCU for quite some time, and we're talking years, and the character of Loki, it's such a dynamic character on its own, and then Tom took it up a notch, and even though he's mostly a villain, but I think he's more just misunderstood, which you find out in episode one, that's exactly the case. He is such a beloved character that a lot of people, I think, with the, you know, when you're not talking about a hero, somebody from the Avengers, I think he's the first character that pops up on many people's lists yeah and and that's a good point and i don't ever like to downplay a character but uh wanda falcon winter soldier those three they were very vital but they were sort of me b characters they were a b team loki to me is a very vital part of mcu and with tom hiddleston and every he's like a vital important part of a lot of the story arcs and so i think that was one reason it was elevated. I think people were really excited because Loki is one of those characters that, you know, it's like if Thor had his own series or Iron Man had his own series, he's up there with them. And I think that elevates the excitement. I know for me, I was like, yeah, I want to see more of this guy's backstory. You know, what is this God of mischief? You know, what makes him tick? And we're going to find that out. I think. Yeah, you looked at uh, the you know the very first leg of the MCU, and he was pretty much in several phases, kind of connecting the different stories. Whether it seemed he was on Thor's side or whether he was the main villain, uh, he's kind of bounced back and forth. So yeah, he's been an integral part of the tapestry of what has been the MCU so far. Yeah, and you know, Thor Ragnarok is probably one of my favorite films in the whole universe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and there we got it. We've seen Loki. Uh, nobody's really known what he's about because we see him go through an emotional journey where it feels like he just, 
even wants to, to do good, and he just he gets frustrated with himself. And you think he's going to turn like Thor. Thor always thinks that Loki's going to be turning this corner and, and making this difference, and then he just turns around and does something horrible. So I think he's one of that characters that we've pulled for because there's something in us that understands that that battle between doing good and doing evil and, you know, that struggle that it takes. And I think that's something about Loki that kind of resonates with all of us or should. I agree. And you kind of get the sense, as you just said, that he wants to do good and then he goes back to his trickster ways. At times, I think, get confused on what side he wants to be on. And this episode, the premiere episode of Loki, really flushes out what he is all about, especially, I was going to do it later, but we'll do it right now since it came up. He was being interrogated, if you will, by Owen Wilson's character, Mobius, the private detective, and he's tracking down the different variants to try and make sure that the timeline is kept intact, the main timeline. And so he interrogates Loki, shows him different parts of his life, which some of it Loki did know that he did, and other parts he had no clue. And you see him really get emotional when up on the life screen, if you will, are scenes of his mother and his brother Thor and his father to you get a sense that he truly cares for them. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's with anybody. You see people who struggle with being, you can call them a black sheep of the family or whatever, but when you see them struggle with the pain that they have caused their loved ones and and missing out on the opportunity of, of being embraced, I mean, it, it's emotional. And man, Tom nails it in those scenes uh, where he's facing the reality of his life and what he's done, and what he could have done, and man, you can just see it just wash over him, and it's a powerful, powerful moment. Yeah, Owen Wilson asks him at one point if he enjoys doing what he's doing, and he says, I don't enjoy hurting people, I don't enjoy it, I do it because I have to, because I've had to, because it's part of the illusion, it's the cruel, elaborate trick conjured by the weak to inspire fear. And when that line in the series was spat out, I really think I concretely hit on what, what Loki is all about. And I think, for the most part, he is afraid that he cannot be the son that his father and his mother wanted him to be. And that's why he's always up to the tricks and the antics. Yeah, and it's almost, you get that feeling like, you know, the kid who's the class clown, and he gets the attention, and he, he wants to do better, but that's kind of all, all that he knows to do. And so he gets into this routine, and he feels like, oh, this, this is the, the role I'm supposed to play. This is what people expect of me. I can't do any different because they're going to show up every day expecting me to do certain things. And you see him struggling with that. But, yeah, that, that line is, is powerful at the end. And then when he does it, he actually touches his own chest. Like, he, he realizes that that's me. I, I, I am doing that. I, I, you know, I can't blame anybody else. It's nobody else's fault. And just that little movement of an actor to – to point to himself in a line like that is just, man, it's next level. So, theory here, well, more of a question to you. Do you think by series end, I love getting into if it's going to happen, if it's not going to happen, and sometimes we're right, sometimes we're wrong. I would like to see, and I'm interested to know your thoughts, if by the end of this, I believe it's only a six-episode series, you see Loki actually reach where we think he's been reaching all along, where he's actually a decent individual, and maybe that somehow leads into Thor, Love, and Thunder, and he helps out his brother along the way, like in a legitimate way. 
Yeah, you know, I don't know. And I have mixed feelings about that. I still have a little upsetness in me that Anakin turned out good. We, we grew up hating Darth Vader, and now everybody loves Darth Vader. And that bothers me a little bit. <laughs> Darth Vader's my, my son's favorite character. I'm like, no, we were terrified of Darth Vader. He wasn't good. So I don't know if Loki's going to have that Anakin moment where he takes off the mask and realizes he can do good, and maybe that will go in there. I don't think he's ever going to shake that mischievousness, especially with his brother Thor. I think there's just – Thor gets under his skin a little bit. I think he's always going to be poking at Thor. But it will be interesting to see at the end of this series how different he is. Um, and if he is different, do we trust him that he's different? Because that's been Loki's rouge from the day one. So at the end of this series, if he seems to be all bright and shiny, a part of me is like, mm, I don't know if I can really still trust him yet. Well, that's been kind of the track record so far, is even when he's appearing to do genuine good, there is a part in the back of all of our minds where we're like, yeah, I don't know if he actually has everybody's best interest at heart here. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, it, it's interesting. But, man, I, I, have to, I have to get your opinion on this. And maybe it's just me. Maybe it's where Go for it. I always gravitate to for. Did you realize or did it hit with you in the beginning of the series as he shows up at this, at this place and there, he's in before the judge? And the judge is telling him he's got to pay for this, these crimes. And, and lines like, you know, he's like, well, I'm in control of my own destiny. And they're like, this isn't your story. You have to realize that this, you're a part of something that's bigger, that it's not your story. And every time he says that, that, well, I make my own decisions and my own choices, and they look at him and smile, it was a very spiritual moment for me because a lot of times we think that we are on this path that we have chosen <clears throat> And God's like, well, this is my story. You're a part of a bigger story. This is God's story, and we're playing a part in it. And there were so many spiritual moments to me in that first couple of opening scenes that I was like, wow, this is, this is deep for you know, somebody who is pretty much you know, at the, looking back at their life, almost like replaying their life and then saying, hey, this is what you've done, and you have to make atonement for that. I don't know. I just, did, did that resonate with you at all? It did, and if anything, I think by the end of the series, whether Loki stays in his mischievous ways or decides to turn a new page, I think we will at least get to the point where Loki realizes and completely understands he's not the one in the end that's calling the shots. There's a higher power here. Right, yeah, absolutely. And uh, and real quick, too, the TVA... I had a little bit of issue with the TVA because I hate the time jumping thing. I hate movies where they, you know, they can use alter time to kind of, it's, it's almost kind of convenient. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, where's the TVA been in this whole time? And Loki even brings up like, well, where were you when the Avengers are time jumping and stealing stones? And, you know, it's like all of a sudden now the TVA is a big part of the story. I, you know, I'm like, well, I, I get it, but I don't get it. It almost had that Jetsons cartoon feel about it. It felt like a Saturday, the whole series, episode to me started out like a Saturday morning cartoon. It was really cool, and I really loved that aspect. But what are your thoughts really of the TVA, and do you hope that now that we know who it is, that they kind of take a back seat? I think they had to flush it out, so I agree. They had to establish what it is, why it's there, and so they took a lot of time with that, and I, I get it. And so I don't hold that against episode one at all. It was kind, it was a little bit weird. Actually, the whole setting of the uh, uh where the TVA was located, Matt, reminded me of the underground world of Beetlejuice. It had a very Beetlejuice 80s feel to it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And did I miss anything with him? And I know there's maybe some spoilers. That when him and Owen's character are walking through and they look out and they could see that whole expansion 
were, were there things in there I missed? Like, like one of the little taxis reminded me of like, you know, Fifth Element. And I was wondering if there was a lot of hidden Easter egg images out there that I missed. Or was it just, was there something cool about that that I didn't see? I'm going to go back and watch. I have heard a couple of murmurings of Easter eggs that were out there. I didn't catch any. So now I'm going to go back and watch it again with my son this weekend who hasn't seen it yet. And I'm going to pay attention to a lot of the background and see what I can notice. But I didn't notice on my first viewing. I was more pulled in by Owen Wilson and the TVA and, of course, by Tom Hiddleston because I thought he just it was so great to see him on the screen again. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if you see anything, let me know, because I know that you're more ingrained in that in that world than I am. So there might be some things that jump out at you that I would never see. So I was just interested. Now, I will say this, and I didn't think about this with the TVA, Matt, until I had heard this particular theory. I'm like, okay, well, if they're, you know, charging Loki with a crime, he's a variant. You know, the Avengers have traveled through time. Like, what's the deal? It was explained like this, uh, roughly, and I agree. So... When the Avengers traveled through time to get the diff, you know, the various in uh, Infinity Stones, so that they could, you know, defeat Thanos. That's the way that the original timeline played out from beginning to end. The TVA doesn't just watch the present; they watch the past, they watch the present, they watch the future. So that's the way it was always supposed to turn out. So they weren't doing anything wrong with the elements of time because it's always been that way. But when Loki sees that, uh, the cube, that wasn't, uh, you know, in his destiny to get that cube disappear and then go to the TVA. So that's why the Loki variant had to be taken care of and the Avengers didn't. Does that make sense? It, it does. And to me, I agree with Loki that it's not fair. Just because something was supposed to happen, these people shouldn't get a pass. It's like, well, okay, well, if you can see everything from beginning to end, why are you allowed to do the things toward the end that I'm not? You know, so I can almost see Loki's frustration. It's like, you know, well, why did, you know, from the beginning of time, we knew that these people were going to get a pass and I wasn't. Uh, so it, it's going to be interesting to see. And are we going to find out at the end that that really was his path? So at what point are they going to reset him? And if they never reset him, then is this really the path he was always on? Yeah, I'm hoping no matter how it turns out that it's not reset, that this variant of Loki has a bigger part to play. And maybe in the end, because from a spiritual aspect, the TVA is not it. There's somebody obviously above him, whether it's, you know, a real world kind kind of God or or otherwise. I don't believe they're the tell-all, the end-all, and that Loki's destiny, maybe this was his destiny all along. Yeah, maybe so. Well, either way, man, I am totally hooked from this first episode, and I can't wait to see what they do with it. I'm, I'm in. I'm in. So, what do you? I ask. I always ask you with the first, you know, the first episode of any series that we happen to talk about, especially when it comes to Marvel Studios. What are you hoping to see? What are you hoping to get from the last five episodes of the new Marvel Studios series, Loki? I think we've touched on a lot of it. I want to see a lot of his character understanding his character and finding out what his purpose is and then seeing either either redemption or see him go back to doing something that really ties in to the movies to come. Uh, I'm, I'm not really sure. I mean, there were some things in WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier that I definitely I said, this is what I want to see. Here, I want them to surprise me. I I'm kind of want to sit back and say, okay, what do you have for me that maybe I don't even anticipate. But regardless, I want more action. This was a lot of setup. I want them to jump into some, some action. I want to know a little bit of some other stuff. So if anything, I just want them to ramp up what they've done already. 
regardless of whether he redeems himself, I want him by the end to have an understanding that there is a bigger destiny out there for him than what he has already done in the MCU and that his greater purpose could be helping people out, could be doing something good, even if he does occasionally uh, resort to his mischievous ways. Because I think at the end of the day, I have never... Even to the current point in time, I have never considered Loki, the character, a villain. Yeah, I, ha- I haven't either. I really haven't. I mean, he gets on your nerves, and I can understand I would never want him as a brother. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I've never really considered him a villain. And, you know, if anything, you're talking about, you know, what he comes to realize of himself. And it might just be realized that the path that he's on, he has to sacrifice himself for a greater good. And, and understanding that that's okay. That's okay not to be the God that he wants to be, but maybe you just have a path that maybe elevates to other people and then being okay with that. Yeah. I'll tell you uh, real quickly as we wrap up when he uh, died in Avengers Endgame, that was the low moment of the movie for me. I wasn't okay with that. Like I, I was like, okay, this is a trick, right? Like you're, you're, you're still alive. Right. And nope, it was supposedly final until we get what happened here, which I absolutely loved. And I'm, when he grabbed the cube and somewhere along the lines of the movie, I was like, I hope they do something with it. And they did. And we have Loki season one or episode one for the Disney plus Marvel Studios series should be a great ride. My friend. Yeah, I agree. 100%. I can't wait. Well, I highly suggest you check out my guest, Matt Mungle, at his website, theentertainmentanswer.com. Of course, if you listen here on the Salem Radio Network, you're here the Entertainment Answer. He talks about movies, gives his thoughts on them, and he also has the Entertainment Answer Mungle Show podcast, which you can get at theentertainmentanswer.com. Follow him on social media, Mungle Show on Instagram, The Mungle on Twitter. And Matt, any closing comments about getting back to the theater and theater safety that you might have? You know, I just say do it. Be safe, be smart, but get back out there, and it's time for it. We've said this many times over the last few months when we've talked. It's time. It's time for families to get out there and enjoy themselves, and uh, just be smart, but do it. Use common sense. Be smart. We've already established that lockdowns pretty much don't work. We've missed the social interaction, and now that things are opening back up, I pray that there's a lot more movies we can go see out there socially together and come back on shows like this. I want to talk about them, Matt. Amen. Can't agree more. Noah here and across the county, my guest has been Matt Mungle of the Entertainment Answer. Matt, we'll be talking about more Loki, more uh, things out there that are maybe going on with the movie environment as the theater uh, industry changes and evolves. And hopefully it's going to do nothing but succeed because that just means we get to go see more movies. (laughs) Absolutely. Noah here and across the county. Stay tuned. There's more coming up. Go to theentertainmentanswer.com.